That right there is one of my favorite love songs of all time, and I know Vaughn Palmer has his own list, too. Good morning, Vaughn. Good morning, Simmy. Okay, what's yours? Well, you played it on the show a little bit earlier, and it is the melody from the movie Unchained and the version sung by Bobby Hatfield of the Righteous Brothers. Uh, when he hits the high notes in that one, I get shivers down my spine every time. Me too. But, uh, you know, I should mention, however, for the listener, because if you haven't seen it, it is worth it, although it's got something like 14 million views on YouTube, so some people have seen it. Elvis's last great performance, live in... God, I think South Dakota, two months before he died, he does this for a documentary and he sings Unchained Melody and the guy is falling apart. You can see it. And yet he finds the depths of that song. Uh, you know, a great love song and a great singer. So that one really emotionally has a lot of capture in it. I agree. And I just marked that. I'm going to go watch that video because I love that song. I can never hear it enough. That's a good one. If people have their choice for best love song, you could send it to us, Simi at cknw.com. Uh, definitely no love, though. Did you like Did you like what I did there? Uh, definitely no love there between the government now and their own lawyers. What is going on here? They picked a fight with their own lawyers. So um, quietly last uh, Thursday, uh, the government tables a one-paragraph piece of legislation and says very little about what this is all about, but it provoked the government lawyers into taking essentially a strike vote on the weekend, uh, 97% of them. There's about 300 people in this category in government that are lawyers. Uh, they take a strike vote saying they're going to take job action if this legislation passes. So, Essentially, the government lawyers have been trying to organize themselves into their own bargaining unit to bargain with the government for wages and benefits. They were in front of the labor board seeking certification under B.C. labor law, and this legislation heads them off. It basically blocks them from doing that and voids anything the Labor Board might say. So the lawyers are pretty upset, and they're saying, and, and it's incredible, of course, because, you know, NDP usually on the side of well, yeah. rights. Yeah, this is what I'm wondering, it, is since when do, don't they want somebody well, to unionize? You know, and so the, the minister in charge of this, the, the finance minister, um, because she's in charge of government paying benefits. Uh, Katrina Conroy gets asked about this, and she says, no, 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 no. This is designed to give them collective bargaining rights. So Conroy appears to have gone to that special school for politicians where they tell you to say exactly the opposite of what the legislation does. Because the lawyers, and I mean they're lawyers, so they can read the law better than I can, are saying, no, 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 this basically confines us to bargaining within professional association. We can't go out and start our own union. We can't go out and bargain for wage and benefits. We can't even go to the labor board because this legislation from the government heads us off. Uh, okay, then. So what are the next steps here with this? Well, I mean, the government is going to pa pa uh, pass the thing. Uh, they've got the uh, votes in the House to do it. And, uh, you know, the NDP MLAs do what the government tells them to do. 
Um, and uh, the lawyers are saying if the law passes, they are going to take job action. Now, again, I don't know how that works out, because if you've been denied the right to essentially form your union, can you even take job action? That's going to be one of the things. I mean, this may end up in a court case anyway. Um, and when you go like, what's this really all about, Simi? The, the strongest clue to what it's really all about is the fact that the legislation was introduced by the finance minister. So when you get labor law, it's usually the labor minister who does labor law or the attorney general if it's an issue involving right. rights. The finance ministry minister doing it tells you this is about costs. The government doesn't want the lawyers to get their own bargaining unit because it means they will have more leverage improving their wages and benefits. And that's, I think, what this is really all about. And the government can hardly say, oh, we can't have any more bargaining units. There's almost 200 of them in the government. So one more is not going to make a huge amount of difference. So... I say it's got to be about wages and benefits and not wanting the lawyers to get more, and that's what this is all about. But this is so fundamentally against what they have talked about in terms of unions and oh. rights for everybody else. Oh, exactly. That's the, <laughs> the, the lawyers were going to the labor board arguing their case for the right to form their own bargaining unit under legislation that the New Democrats themselves enacted, written by lawyers, by the way, um, that made it easier for workers to unionize and set up their own bargaining units. So they're, char they're challenging this. The lawyers are applying for this under NDP legislation. So, yes, there is a lot of irony here, uh, Simi, and... Uh, you know, you might reflect, too, on the irony that elsewhere in British Columbia, the government is fighting the Cowichan tribes over the right. Cowichan hospital because the government there is taking the side of another group of unions, the construction unions, where the Cowichan tribes contractors don't want their workers to have to unionize but the government is saying, well, your members do have to join a union in order to work on this project. I don't know how you square that circle. I know how you square it. It's about control. That, that's really what both cases are about. The government says, this is the way we're going to build hospitals, and these are the rules under which we're going to do it, and workers are going to have to join unions that we pick. And in the other case, the government is saying, this is the way you're going to bargain for pay, and this is how it's going to be done, and don't you dare go off and form your own union to do it. In both cases, the common theme is governments exercising control and not listening to anyone saying, you got it all wrong, and not only that, you're hypocrites. And that's just it, then? They have to live with this? Yep. Well, I mean, that's what they're saying, right? In Cowichan, they say they're working it out. They say that, oh, well, you know, uh, the premier and the health minister are saying, no, 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 no. These uh, indigenous-owned contractors will be able to work on the project, and their members won't have to join unions, but... The contractors aren't accepting that. They had a press conference in Victoria yesterday and said that's not the way it's working. And moreover, of course, a lot of the work has already been awarded up there. So these contractors feel like they're frozen out and they're not 100% persuaded that the government isn't still trying to unionize them through the back door. 
Right. Okay. There's that to watch. Oh, and also we were talking yesterday about the new municipal infrastructure fund, right? Yes. And I wanted to make quite clear because I didn't make it clear yesterday that the government has set aside a billion dollars in an infrastructure fund for municipalities. Um, and I wanted to make it clear the municipalities, there's no point in applying for this money because uh, it's too late. And the government is making it clear they're going to award the money to all 188 municipalities divided up on the basis of a formula, which they haven't disclosed, which will balance population growth with population. Every municipality will get something. The smallest grant will be half a million dollars. So we're trying to find out, well... (laughs) If, if you're going to run by the formula, how are you going to find the projects? And the government said, we're going to take shovel-ready projects. How do they know they're shovel-ready? The trick here is that municipalities apply every year, Simi, for government assistance on infrastructure projects, and the government only approves some of them. So there's a backlog of unapproved projects. So you've already applied, municipalities, mayors, councillors, and what the government is going to do is pick some of those projects off the shelf, approve them, and provide a cash grant to the municipality. Hmm. And the reason they're doing it this way, Simi, is they've got to get it all done within seven weeks right. because March 31 is the deadline. That's the end of the fiscal year, and the money for this is coming out of the budget surplus. All right, Vaughn, thank you. Bye-bye, Simi.